The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Live by Live has all of your favorite music, and you can listen for free. Whether you hit play on one of our hundreds of curated music stations or create your own custom artist radio station, you'll find the music you love on Live by Live. Visit LiveXLive.com or search LiveXLive in the App Store or Google Play and listen for free now. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any. Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday with the GOAT, the civilian GOAT, Greg Cosell, switching things up on you a little bit this week. Presented by DraftKings, which has an unbelievable free-to-play pool around the NFL schedule. And yes, it is NFL Schedule Release Wednesday. Actually looking forward to hearing what Greg has to say about the schedule being released. Curious to get his thoughts on that. We will have Michael North from the NFL scheduling office tomorrow on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. That's why we moved Greg around a little bit this week because after everything comes out tonight, it'll be great to talk to Mike North tomorrow. Those of you that are longtime listeners know how awesome it is to go in-depth on the schedule with Mike North He's the VP of scheduling for the NFL. He has all the intricacies, all the details. One of the most popular shows that we do. I'll also give out winners on tomorrow's show. The Spread the Word winner at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. All you have to do is engage in any way on any social media platform, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Sponsor confirmation email winner. Whether it's Raycon Earbuds or Level Select CBD or HelloFresh or whatever. And then we will have a YouTube shout-out. You can catch all of our shows and the highlight clips of all the shows over at YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Please subscribe for free. Check those out. If you comment and you subscribe, you might get one of those free cameo-style videos from your boy. It is Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg, uh, thank you for your flexibility this week on a Wednesday. I could have had Mike North on today, but he can't say anything until (laughs) the schedule is actually released. So that wouldn't have worked out real well for us. I'll actually get to the schedule with you in a little bit because I I think I know what you're going to say. I think I know you well enough to know what you're going to say. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm not the schedule guy, Ross, you know. 
I know, I know, yeah. I know. But I still want to talk to you about it. Um, I do want to start with this, though. On Monday's show, Greg, and by the way, I think people should know, Greg's going to be with us year-round. There's no reason to take a break. We love Greg. <laughs> and frankly, first of all, there's always some news that I want to pick your brain on in terms of your evaluation of the player or the coach or whatever. Yep. Secondly, that's when we can dive into some fun stuff. Last year, we did sort of the uh, football 101 or 201 series, if you will. I think this year, we'll probably go through some of the divisions a little bit and just start to get a feel for the divisions and preview them. Why not, right? We never get really a chance to do that. But I, I want to start, Greg, with Matt Nagy. The Chicago Bears head coach was on Monday's Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Encourage people to check it out. But what I what I really liked about it, Greg, I brought up the Northwestern and Indiana games. Right. Because there was this whole narrative leading into the draft. Why is Justin Fields falling? He's the second best behind Lawrence. There's nothing wrong with him, blah, blah, blah. Well, I, Greg, I literally asked the head coach of the team that traded a first-round pick next year to move up and get him, who loves the guy, and he acknowledged it. He, he talked about the sacks. He talked about the decision-making. He talked about the interceptions. It, it's one of the things that drove me crazy during the pre-draft process is people acting like Justin Fields – was this flawless prospect. And look, he's so physically gifted. The Clemson game was unbelievable. He had a terrific two years at Ohio State. But these people, Greg, that acted like they had no idea why anybody wouldn't love Justin Fields as if those two games didn't happen. I mean, they happened, Greg. What did you see from them? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that, that you mentioned that, Ross, because I sit here and I watch tape, and the tape tells you the tape tells you the strengths. The tape tells you potential flaws that need to be corrected or, or need to be dealt with. And when you mention flaws based on tape study, which is what Matt Nagy's doing as well, then all of a sudden you're a hater. You don't like the quarterback. I don't even think in those terms. I'm just sitting here watching the tape. So when I do my evaluations, which, as you know, are on fantasypoints.com, um, you know, I have a, str a strength section, I have a weaknesses section, and I have a transition section. There are weaknesses. That doesn't mean a player is not a good prospect or can't be a good pro, nor does it mean that I don't like the player. Because for people who do what I do, none of this is ever personal. Um, so let's look at the Indiana game. That was the game in particular that really stood out. Indiana chose to be very, very aggressive with blitz and a number of different blitz concepts. One in particular, which you do see in the NFL, I can remember Todd Bowles, watching Todd Bowles when he was with Miami years ago. I think it was probably 2007, 2008, and what we call a triple A-gap blitz. We see double A-gap blitzes, but this is a third player coming through the A-gap. And you can't really pick that up, Ross, as an offense, as you well know, being a former O-lineman. Indiana must have done that five or six times in the game uh, as part of multiple blitz concepts. Now, here's what I don't know. Matt Nagy may know the answer to this. He probably does. What I don't know when I'm watching the tape is I don't know who's responsible for calling the protections. So I can't sit here and say one way or the other that, oh, that's on Justin Fields. That Maybe it's on the offensive center. I don't know the answer to that. 
All I know is both Ohio State's offense and Justin Fields had major issues with Indiana's blitz concepts. Yeah, there, there's no question about it. And Nagy acknowledged it, Greg, and he talked about the fact that he liked how Fields responded to it. Obviously, they still won the game, but he was asking Day, right. what was he like on the sideline? What did he do? And he gave Indiana and Northwestern, for that matter, a lot of credit. You know, I think sometimes yeah. when you know you're not as good, Greg, you come up with some unique schemes to try to fool the quarterback and – it worked. I mean, he held on to the ball at times. He threw some picks. Yep. It's just like, well, I, I, what I get frustrated about is when people don't acknowledge, like he might go on to be Mahomes. Remember how many flaws Mahomes had in college? Mahomes did some of the dumbest things I've ever seen in yeah. college. Mahomes you know, look, like it happens. Yeah. yeah, he was the 10th pick in the draft. Obviously, Andy Reid and the Chiefs traded up to get him. But there was no sense, if you recall that draft, that Mahomes was a first or second pick in the draft. Now, obviously, we have the results now, so everybody acts like everybody's an idiot. But all you can do, and well, all I know what I do is I sit and watch the tape. Like I said, I don't get to talk to Ryan Day. I don't get to, to get an understanding of what their calls are, what they're asking Fields to do. There's no question that when you watch Fields' tape, and I probably watched seven or eight full games that there were times he was too deliberate with what he saw, too deliberate with what I call elimination and isolation um, with the route concepts versus a particular pressure or coverage. That existed on tape. Now, we could go back to Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert had some similar issues at times at Oregon. He came in and he played extremely well as a rookie. And that's where coaching comes into play. And I'm a big believer in that. What people have to understand about quarterbacks, college quarterbacks coming out, even Trevor Lawrence with over 30 college starts, which is becoming a rarity these days, no quarterback is truly a finished product. And people, when you mention a weakness that shows up on tape, people have to stop thinking that that means you don't like the player. It's that's not even That doesn't even factor into the equation when you're sitting and watching tape. Well, what's really funny about it, Greg, is there is no flawless prospect. There is no guy Correct. that doesn't have it. Like, if you were going to do a report on Tom freaking Brady right now, one of the things you would write is lacks the ability to have second reaction plays. Who right. cares? That, But that's a weakness. Right. I mean, if you're just doing – if you're checking boxes based on traits, and I've got a list of traits here – uh, quarterback traits, okay, from my own and from coaches that I've spoken to that when I've t- when I've taken notes, you know, there's no quarterback really that would check every single box 100% of the time. No, and, and there never will be. No, and, and, you know, every quarterback needs to continue to be taught. You know, we probably don't have time, but I'll just tell a very quick story. Joe Montana, when he was with the Chiefs in his second year, he was already a Hall of Famer, finished his 49er career. Bill Walsh was out of the game at that point. After his first year with the Chiefs, Joe Montana called Bill Walsh and said, Coach, I don't think I played my best with the Chiefs in my first year. I think I need some technique work. You know, please, can you help me out? That's Joe Montana calling Bill Walsh after his first year with the Chiefs when he's already a a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's a great point. You know, it actually leads me to the second question, Greg, which is 
with a guy like Justin Fields, given what we saw last year, do you have a sense, Greg, and this is a debate we get into all the time, whether it's better to sit and watch like Mahomes did or to play right away and or, right. you know, do you think that there's a time when a guy is quote unquote ready to play? Like in my mind, I feel like Nagy will play fields when he's confident that there isn't going to be a free rusher that Fields is not aware of. Right. And and I think that's a team-by-team, case-by-case. My general feeling is that you learn more playing. But then I think there are many variables that come into play, your team. The last thing you want to do is put a, a rookie quarterback in a situation where he has to drop back 35, 40 times a game by choice, and he perhaps has to score 30 points every week just for your team to compete. So, so many factors with the rest of your team come into play as to whether a a first-year quarterback can go out and be successful. Um, You'd love to be in a situation where you have a solid offensive line. You know, you always hear that a quarterback's best friend is the run game. And there's no question you'd like to be in a situation where you have an effective run game and you can run the ball a good amount with success. But you'd also really want to be in a situation where you can protect the quarterback. Because the last thing you want to have is Justin Fields in a situation where critical dropbacks, long, longer yardage dropbacks, which happen in every game, second and nine, third and long, where he's under duress on a consistent basis. That poses a problem. I want to ask you as well uh, about a guy that got cut last week and got claimed on waivers by the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's former Lions and Auburn running back Carrion Johnson. Now, I got to tell you, Greg, I remember his rookie year, him looking really good yeah, and being excited about him going into his second year. I remember his second year he was banged up, and then this past year they drafted Swift, and it's like, Carrion Johnson fell off the face of the earth, and now all of a sudden he gets cut. But I don't remember watching him play and thinking he wasn't good. I mean, have you seen enough of him over the last few years to have an idea of what he is? Well, I remember watching him coming out of Auburn, and I thought that he was more of a grinder than a big plate type back. Now, the one thing he did show is that he was a pretty good receiver. So then it becomes a question – and, and we're not talking about him with the Eagles now. Let's just talk about him in general as a player. For me, it became a question of whether when he came out of Auburn, you'd see him as a, as a three-down back because he was a pretty good receiver. But as a runner, he was much more of a grinder than an explosive back. And those kinds of backs, there's a lot of people who believe there's a lot of those guys and that unless you're going to play those guys on third down, and that's a question with Johnson – then there's a lot of those guys. But you're right. He does have ability. Um, new coaching staff in Detroit. So these things happen with with those kinds of backs. I'm really curious. The Eagles' backfield is pretty crowded right now, Ross. I mean, I know you're very close with the Eagles and do a lot of work, but it's a pretty crowded backfield. There's no guarantee that he makes the team. Um, talent-wise, could you say he should? I mean, we know Sanders is number one. 
They drafted Kenneth Gainwell in the fifth round. I really like Gainwell's ability as a receiver. I think he was the best receiving back prospect in this draft class. So, But he's a fifth-round pick, so it's not an automatic. We'll see where Johnson fits in, but you're right. He's He's got talent, and he has shown it at times, but durability became a big issue. So what I think is interesting about the Eagles' backfield right now Johnson, Gainwell, Scott, Sanders. There's not like, usually it's kind of more defined, like that's the big back, that's the third down back, that's the scat back. Right. Maybe you could put Boston Scott, whatever. But they all are pretty good in the passing game, Greg. Like none of those guys are a banger. No. They're all good in the passing game. Are you a believer in specialized roles and backs with different styles or would you rather have three or four guys that are all good runners and receivers out of the backfield? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. I mean, Nick Seriani came from Indy last year where they evolved into a, a Jonathan Taylor offense as the year progressed in which he was getting, you know, 15 to 22 carries a game for the most part as the season progressed. He became a true foundation back. I don't know how he's going to look at it with the Eagles. Um, Is Miles Sanders that guy? I think there'd be a question as to whether he's that guy for 16 games. He's very, very talented. Um, You know, does Johnson become kind of a – I mean, think, think of Indianapolis. They had Taylor. They had Naheem Hines. They had Jordan Wilkins, who up until Taylor became sort of the guy who was getting, you know, six, seven snaps, uh, six, seven carries a game. Is that the role for Kerryon Johnson? Does he become the Jordan Wilkins of the Eagles? You know, does Sirianni want to sort of replicate what was the case in Indianapolis? They don't have a true Jonathan Taylor, a guy who can, I think, be a true foundation type back. So I'm not sure how they see all that. They've got a lot of backs right now, and we're speaking in May. There's there's the off-season program and training camp. We'll see. You know, we know Sanders makes the team, Ross. I believe Gainwell will. He's a really good receiver. Does Kerryon Johnson emerge as a meaningful part of that backfield? Speaking of the backfield, uh, I got to get your thoughts. Tim Tebow to Jacksonville. Okay? Greg, yeah. from what you saw when he was a quarterback back in the day, do you think that he could fill something of a Taysom Hill role for an NFL team? No. Ross, Why not? Yeah. When was the last time he played in the NFL? A while ago. I think it was 2015. I mean, come on. You know, look, I know it's Urban Meyer, and I've n- I don't know Urban Meyer. This is his first go-round in the NFL. We know he's an incredibly smart guy. I'm sure he's talked to a ton of people. I mean, but, you know, I I don't understand it. I I mean, you know, the guy hasn't played, and plus he's never played that position, you know. And and the locker room stuff, you know, you you played, Ross. A lot of guys want to win. You know, I remember when Tebow played quarterback, and people said he just wants to win, as if he was the only guy out there who wanted to win. Greg, he's a hard worker. You're you're missing the point here. Yeah. He's a hard worker. I remember sitting here, you know, with Ryan Jaworski, you know, when he was on the matchup show and he'd come into films every day and Jaws would Jaws would get upset, visibly upset and say, you know, 
that's an insult to all these other guys. They wouldn't say that. Well, Tebow just wants to win as if that's different than other guys. You know, there's a lot of guys, you know, am I going to say 100% of guys play at that intense level? No, no. In any business, of course, that's not the case. But, you know, that's an insult to, you know, the Drew Breeses, the Tom Brady's. There's, you know, a lot, a lot of guys want to win, Ross. You know that. I mean, this guy has. Yeah, but he worked so hard, Greg. Yeah. You know, I don't want to make a joke out of this, but I just don't think you can not play for six years, come in the league, and learn a new position and be a factor. Um, the schedule gets released tonight. It does? I think I know you're a huge fan of this, right? That you're going to be up all night, like going through the matchups? No. Why not? I hate to, you know, I, I feel like now I'm going to get people upset with me, but, you know, no, I'm, I'm you know, I, I normally don't even look at the schedule for a couple of months because right now it really doesn't mean a whole lot to me. So, I mean, I, you know, it, it's, I know it's fun. I know it's probably a very highly rated show, but um, I, I, I'm not going to be that focused on the schedule. I'm sorry to say. How much do you think? How much do you think the coaches care? Like I, they obviously look at it. I'm curious. Well, no, the coaches care. care in this sense. Once the schedule comes out, they're very focused on their first two games and their first four games. They start in their mind game planning because coaches coach against coaches, so they know. You know the week one schedule. I don't, I don't, I'm sure some has leaked already. I haven't. I haven't looked. Um, but they, they'll look at those because they'll coach. They'll want to know that, hey, if I'm playing, if I'm a defensive coach and I'm playing against Sean Payton, I know what Sean Payton does, and I'm going to start working to prepare for that. So that's why it's important to coaches because, they, you know, teams might not have all their players set yet, uh, but coaches coach against coaches. Check him out on social media at Greg Cosell and every week here on the Ross Tucker football podcast, the NFL films legend. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Speaking of legends, athletes everywhere are turning to one CBD brand for relief. That's Level Select CBD. Golf legend Ricky Fowler. How about Carson Palmer, 15-year NFL quarterback, use Level Select CBD sports creams and roll-ons to get the relief they need. And now Level Select CBD is sponsoring a free-to-play daily fantasy golf contest. Go to DraftKings.com and make your picks in the Level Select Golf Classic for your shot at $5,000 in cash prizes. Level Select has three different levels of CBD, so you can find product that's right for you. Visit LevelSelectCBD.com and use promo code DK30. For 30% off your entire order. That's DK30 for 30% off your order at levelselectcbd.com. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Morning, Ross. Let's start with the Colts, who are making some moves. They signed left tackle Eric Fisher and D-tackle Antoine Woods in the last couple of days. Well, Fisher, they obviously need a left tackle. And Ballard has some experience, the GM for the Colts, with Fisher going back to Kansas City. Remember, you can usually connect the dots. He did tear his Achilles late January, though. So I don't know when they're expecting to get him back. I think they just want to make sure they have him for the stretch run and the postseason. Sounds like it was $9.4 million for one year. And then Antoine Woods, 
got cut by the Cowboys. Colts always want to make sure that they've got depth and legit guys on their lines. One of the things I really respect about Ballard. Takes. Talked about it with Greg. Your thoughts on the Jags reportedly signing Tim Tebow to play tight end. So as far as Tebow the person, I admire his persistence. I, I think it's great that he wants to give this a shot. The point I would make, Bry, that I think a lot of people miss is that the guys on defense, they don't look at him with like reverence, right? Like they look at him as fresh meat. They look at him as a chance to make a name for themselves. They love the idea of blowing up the pretty boy, blowing up the Heisman. You know, it, it, people don't understand the mentality of professional football players. Those guys are chomping at the bit to have Tebow try to block them, whether he's like a lead back, like a use check, or on the line of scrimmage. They can't wait to try to destroy Tim Tebow. I hope that he puts a lot of time in on his technique work, and I hope he understands what he's getting himself into. He's always been a physical guy. He's built well, but they're coming to try to kill him. And he needs to be ready for that. I heard something the other day, Ross. I read this, and I don't know if I believe this. I'm going to throw this out at you. One of the reasons, not the main reason, but a side reason for signing Tebow is it takes the pressure, it takes the focus off of Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't really buy that. I mean, I guess it takes some of the attention off of him for a little bit, but I don't know. I mean – what is there, two beat writers in Jacksonville? There's not a whole lot of pressure down there anyway during training camp. It's not like what, – what pressure is on Trevor Lawrence? He's going to be the quarterback for the next at least three years, no matter what happens. So I don't really buy that. Any of that stuff about culture – look, Tim Tebow can't establish a culture. I doubt he makes the team. So how, how, he's not going to establish any culture. He's going to try his best as a move tight end – and I think he's in for a big time wake up call with some of the what some of those guys are going to try to do to him. Look, when I went against famous guys, Bry, I tried to kill them so I could get famous. You know, like I wanted to try to take out Bruce Smith or Ray Lewis. Or it didn't always work out that way, but that's the mentality. And now you're going against guys not good like those guys were. Now, I mean, it's it could get ugly. Some other moves include Panthers hiring Dan Morgan as their assistant GM, the Bucks officially bringing Blaine Gabbert back, and the Chiefs cut tight end Sean Culkin, so he's going to have to look for his Bitcoin elsewhere. Yeah, I hope that's not the curse of the Business of Sports podcast. By the way, check out Andrew on the Business of Sports podcast this week talking about the NFL schedule release. From like mountains in Arizona, by the way. You got to check out the business of sports with Andrew this week. I'm telling you, by the way, tomorrow's episode is going to be epic. You guys will love, absolutely love uh, Mike North from the NFL. Dan Morgan's a stud. He'll be a GM soon. That's a big time hire for the Panthers. Gabbard, I thought Gabbard already was back. It seems to me like Ryan Griffin will be the odd man out there. Gabbard's staying. Kyle Trask is staying. Brady's staying. I doubt they're keeping a fourth quarterback like Griffin. And then, yeah, that's a bummer for Colkin. You know, he just got on podcast, just got that publicity, and now he's looking for a job.
Speaking of the NFL schedule, we got our first look at the schedule release. Uh, Danny Parkins from 670 to score in Chicago, noting that the Bears will start the season on the road against the Rams Sunday night football. Well, so that was the first leak. Now this morning, while we've been doing this, there's been about a million more leaks. I think like all of week one is out. But Danny, I know Danny, and he leaked that 28 hours before the schedule was released. Schedule was released tonight at 8 o'clock. He tweeted that yesterday at 4, 28 hours, uh, a, a new record for our schedule release leak, like I tweeted, at Ross Tucker NFL. Speaking of the schedule release, I'm telling you, they've got this NFL schedule release free-to-play pool on DraftKings.com or the regular DraftKings app. It's not a, not a sports book or betting thing, but they got $5,000 up for grabs, the pool already has 25,000 entrants. Pretty cool to be able to do a free-to-play pool. I love those things. I also love our listener email questions, Brian. Let's get to one. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. Email address is ross at rostucker.com. One of my favorite things that we do, you guys ask me any question. I will answer whatever you ask me. Just take advantage of any sponsors like Level Select CBD or DraftKings when you use the code Ross or whatever. Forward it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com. Ask me whatever you want. What do you got, Brian? Hey, Ross. Question here. Is a team better off with the best cornerback in football, that being the number one cornerback, and the number 64th best? 32 teams, two corners a team, so 64th being the worst starter. Or having the 32nd and 33rd best meaning the two average starters basically this is a question if you should invest money in a star player and then someone not so good to back them up or two competent players i bet it varies by position i'm sure greg cosell would eat this question up but uh there you go that is from bob Wirt. bob that's an awesome question and you're right i should have asked greg and i think you would get different answers from different coaches, Bob. In other words, I remember Mike Pettin telling me the longtime Brown, you know, D coordinator, he was Brown's head coach for a while. I remember him telling me that he felt as if Darrell Rivas gave the Jets defense an extra player. Because typically when you're going against a star receiver, you have to have safety help to that side. And with Rebus, he would never do that. He would just have a safety in the middle of the field because Rebus could man up that receiver. So he felt like it gave him an extra player. So I think a lot of guys would rather have the best corner in football. You can help the other corner, and you still have that safety in the box as opposed to two average guys. You know – if you know you have the best and the worst, then you can really scheme around that. If the two guys are both average, then they can both get gotten at times. Now, I think if you're talking offensive line, Bob, you'd rather have five average guys than two studs and three duds, so to speak. I don't think everybody would answer that the same way, though. I love that question. Shout-outs to Pizza Boy Brewing, probably going there today. Sporticulture, Vision Comics with an X, 
humanheadnyc.com. We've got rookie running back rankings today on the Fantasy Feast podcast. And by the way, Steve Fezzik gave some great actionable advice on yesterday's Even Money podcast. Check it out. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 